Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, Michael Clifford, some Cliffy, my co-pilot. How are you doing today? Not too bad, man. Um, it's quite uh, the weekend in the NHL because, I mean, only five games on Friday night. That was a little bit weird. Um, there's actually more games on this Monday slate than there was on Saturday night. Uh, you don't see that very often. Um I ended up cashing on Saturday night, which was nice. Um, had the Leafs, had Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. I, I, I just always talk about how much I hate watching the Vancouver Canucks until two in the morning, and then every Saturday night it seems I'm either stacking for or against Vancouver, and I'm staying up until two a.m. on Saturday watching the Canucks. But uh, Minnesota didn't quite get there, but I cashed, um, which was nice. Um, didn't play yesterday. Watched a bit of that Colorado-St. Louis game. I don't know whether St. Louis is bad or Colorado's kind of turning a corner now. They're, they're getting some guys healthy. But that's a couple pretty good games in a row for the Avs against, I think it was the Rangers on Friday. Uh, and then St. Louis yesterday, um, you know, obviously getting some of the healthy players, getting some of the injured players back, getting them healthy has been good. Um, you know, wait for Nathan McKinnon in a couple weeks. We'll see when Gabriel Landeskog gets back. But, um, you know, if Colorado can kind of, you know, they have a pretty easy schedule over the next few weeks. If they can kind of keep this up, maybe just go 500. Man, like once they get healthy in the second half of the season, the West doesn't look that strong, really. This team could be a pretty big juggernaut down the stretch. Oh, yeah. Once they, if they stay healthy, I mean, which is the big if. Zorgiev's probably the best goalie that they've had in years. So, I That's mean, yeah, I, I, and that that has made a big difference for them is uh, being able to rely on Georgiev um, for most games. Uh, Miko Rantanen scored a hat trick, including the overtime winner yesterday, I, I think it was. So um, he's coming alive a little bit. I also watched that Boston-Vegas game last night, and it's something I mentioned on Twitter um, earlier today. Uh, Vegas, man, they're really struggling. Like, I know it was no Eichel. Um, you know, Petrangelo's still out. But I was looking at the numbers for like 
13 or 14 games before Eichel and Petrangelo left the lineup, like they had been struggling for a little while, like middle of the league by expected goal share. I don't know what's going on with Vegas, but um, I think that's part of why the West kind of looks so bad. It's like maybe the Vegas might be the best team um, in the Pacific division. And they're in the middle of the league by expected goal share over their last 20 games. Like, um, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe, like, if Edmonton gets healthy, maybe they go make a couple nice trade deadline trades. Like, they could even Seattle maybe pretty good. They don't have the goaltending. They claim Tolvanen. See, see, that's the thing with both Seattle and Los Angeles is, like, I'd like to believe in them, but do you believe in Jonathan Quick and Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones and um, Phoenix Copley to carry those two teams for the next 50-whatever games? No, I don't know, man. Um, cer- certainly not through a deep playoff run unless they get really lucky. Yeah, I'm trying to think of goalies that they could even trade for. I can't uh, – nothing off the top of my head, really. But I don't I know. Mean, I, I keep hearing – one of the names that, that they keep mentioning for some reason is Carl Vimelka in Arizona. Um, but he's only 26, and he has a couple of years left at a really reasonable cap hit. He doesn't seem like a goalie that team would want to trade at this point. I don't know because didn't didn't the Coyotes do the same thing with Devin Dubnik? Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I mean, it's it's different general managing now, and like the Coyotes actually aren't playing bad hockey. Um, imagine what this team could look like, uh, you know, two years time once all their prospects and all their draft picks like start developing into something. It could be, I, I think they're going to want to keep the milk around. So you're right. Like, like who do you go trade? Like there's nobody in Columbus you go get, there's nobody in Chicago you'd really want to go get. Um, you know, Arizona's out of the question. There's, you know, the flyers aren't trading Carter Hart. So there's nobody else there you want to go get. I mean, can Talbot from Ottawa, like Toronto, maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If, if they want to trade him. Um, is, is the other question. So back healthy. Yeah. I mean, um, so that's the other question, but yeah. Um, Los Angeles, Seattle might be a little bit boned. There's <laughs> Bob Halak, anyone? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I was a Habs fan in 2010 and he carried them uh, to the conference final. Maybe he can pull off a little bit of magic again. Yeah. I don't know, but we're not here to talk about, our bad Kings bets that we <laughs> in the preseason, we have a six gamer today, right? We could yeah. talk about our good devil's bets. I guess we'll yeah. talk about the devils a little bit later anyway. Devil's, devil's bets looking great. Um, we have a six gamer today though. Make sure to give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget that all of our content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. You already know the deal there. Got a nice little six-gamer here. A couple big road totals. A couple big home totals. Got a nice little... uh, It's kind of like a turbo slate. The late game's at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is nice. Can always go to bed at the end of those games instead of waiting up to get short at 2 a.m. That's always a pleasure. So let's hop right into it. First game of the night, we have the Calgary Flames headed into Montreal. The Flames have a 3.5 total. Montreal has a 2.5 total. Markstrom probable. Jake Allen confirmed. Kirby Dock back up on the top line after the Josh Anderson experiment lasted one game after getting absolutely curb stopped by the Kings. Second line of Evgeny Dodonov, Christian Dvorak, Mike Hoffman. 
Looks like the Flames are going same top six. Uh, third lines now: Ruzicka, Backlund, and Matthew Phillips. Moving Blake Coleman down to the fourth line. Okay, Muppet, I see you. Um, we've that, that that just feels like one of those monkey paws situations where uh, we were really hoping for Matthew Phillips to get into the lineup, but you know, not at the expense of Blake Coleman going to the fourth line and Dylan Dubé staying on the second line. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe no more Froger for me. <sighs> like this top line, you've talked about how bad they've been. This is a very good matchup. This is a good power play matchup. I just, I, they're not getting a lot of ownership. I just don't know if I can just go, go back to them. I think if I was going to do anything, it would be some of that second line or some sort of power play stack. Like go like, I don't know, to fully Kadri Rasmus Anderson and just go like, Kadri Manjapani, Rasmus Anderson, like I know Manjapani's on, on the top power play. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd just go to the second line here. On the Montreal side, like, if it is Markstrom, he, he's been in his own head all season. And that top line for, you know, the Flames hasn't been great. So I think there's some merit to going to the Habs top line here. Yeah, there is. Um, they did put Kirby Doc back on the top line, which – I mean, I guess they kind of have to do it. They don't really have a lot of other options for him. You know, you don't want to play him as a third-line center or something like that behind Suzuki and Dvorak. So they are back together. They've been playing pretty well um, offensively um, most of the season. They went to a little bit of a lull there um, around mid-November sometime, but they've turned it around lately. Their last 100 minutes together, um, 2.2 expected goals for, that's low. 4.8 actual goals for, that's high. They've been generating more shots. And I think that's kind of important to note here is like they're not scoring, you know, they're not shooting 26 or 27% as they did for a few weeks back. I think it was late October, early November. It's still high at, you know, 15 and a half percent, but it, it screams regression, not major crash, which is what happened um, for a few weeks there. So um, they have been generating more shots, which is nice to see. The Flames are generally. Uh, a pretty good defensive team. Um, their defensive, uh, their shots against over like their last month, um, fourth fewest shots against per game at five on four or at five on five, sorry, which is, you know, obviously really, really good. Um, expected goals against, um, you know, like eighth in the league. So they're a pretty good defensive team typically, but you're right about Markstrom is he's just not having a good season. Um, he's struggling with high danger chances. Uh, his save percentage is under 800, um, which is pretty bad. Um, you know, typically you'd like to see a goalie around 830 or 840. He's at, I think it's 795 or something like that on the season at five on five. So he's struggling with high danger chances. That Habs top line is usually good. You know, we talked on Saturday about how uh, the way they play in the offensive zone, just constantly looking for cross ice passes, those, you know, seam passes or, you know, coming from beyond the net, those types of things. And those are shots that Marstrom can struggle with. Um, I do like going to the Habs top line here. Um, they're coming in uh, very reasonably owned um, per our top stacks tool, around 4% ownership on, dra on DraftKings, much lower on FanDuel, uh, about 1% where they are uh, much more expensive, relatively speaking. So um, I think you're even fine to go here in, in single entry, um, single entry or three max. Um, it is still a home team on a six game slate. Um you know, they don't have monster projections, uh, but they're fine. Um, 
the power play is something that I'm a little bit worried about because they went back to that five forward uh, power play unit. And that's not something that brought them much success when they tried it earlier in the season. Um, they're doing that because Mike Matheson um, looks like he's going to be out again. Um, so they are going likely going with a five forward power play for the top unit. Like I said, that's something that, th- that they didn't do very well with earlier in the year. So that's a little bit worrisome, especially your, where one of Calgary's letdown spots can be their discipline. They take 3.8 penalties per game, um, which is amongst the highest in the league. I think it's like sixth most in the NHL on the season. So ostensibly it could be a decent power play spot for Montreal, but I really worry about that five forward unit. It, like it, it, it's, it just didn't work out and, and they just keep trying it. It's just not working. So maybe they try something different, but it uh, doesn't look like that for now. So, Top line is certainly fine to use. The second line is kind of interesting here. Um, Dvorak and Hoffman um, playing with Evgeny Dodonov. Um, Hoffman and Dvorak have been pretty good this year together. Uh, 2.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes, uh, controlling um, something like 56% of the expected goal share, 56, 57%. Um, Hoffman's offensive impacts, um, by expected goals uh, impact over at Evolving Hockey. have been really, really strong this year. I think him coming back to the lineup is a boost for them. And they're going to get that second line from the Flames. And that <laughs> there's been one consistent thing about the Flames this year. It's been that second line and just trading chances back and forth every single game. They've been around 3.1, 3.2 expected goals for and expected goals against per 60 minutes at five on five this season. Um so I think the Vorakoffin and Dodonov can actually do a little bit of damage here um, against uh, that Calgary second line. Now they are coming in with uh, a fair bit of ownership on DraftKings. They're coming in nearly as highly owned as the top line, and you know there's reasons for that. Um, one is you get two out of the th- two out of the three guys in that line are on the top power play unit with Dodonov and Hoffman. The other is that they're very very cheap, so you can fit them in with an expensive Dallas stack, expensive Pittsburgh stack. Um, it's expensive Ottawa stack, expensive um, Edmonton stack. Like they fit with all those lines. So I do like them. They're coming in a little bit high on. It's one of those situations where if, if you need some secondary guys to go with a really expensive stack, um, that's, you know, it's, it is one possible direction, but it is the Mount Montreal top line that I like most uh, in that game, uh, at least on the Montreal side, on the Calgary side, I just don't know what to do with that top line because this is a good spot for them. Um, you know, the Montreal goaltending certainly hasn't been very good the last few weeks. Um, even Montembeau, who had a good start to the season, has had looked shaky and is like real shaky in his last start. Um, the Montreal's top line defensive numbers have been kind of a roller coaster this year. Started strong, really dipped there for a couple weeks, have been really good lately, but the goaltending has let them down. The Montreal penalty kill, they're allowing a lot of shots. I think it's like the second or third most shots per 60 minutes um, over the last month. But they have a 925 save percentage on the penalty kill. So while the goaltending has been bad at 5-on-5, five five, it's been good on the penalty kill. Um, and that's where the Flames kind of need to do their damage if that top line is really going to get anywhere um, on this slate. They're still just not generating anything. Seven, Their last 75 minutes, 1.9 expected goals per 60 minutes. That is absolutely brutal like that's worse than checking lines we talked about how Huberto's scoring chance generation is has basically gone down like 50 percent from last year um it's been really really bad 
So with their ownership being pretty reasonable, um, Calgary one coming in around seven, eight percent. I think maybe they come in a little bit higher because they are perfectly correlated. But even if it's 10% on a six-game slate with three and a half total, I think it's just fine. But they just haven't been a good line. And it's do I want to, I, you know, set aside the matchup. Do I want to hang my hat on a line generating 1.9 expected goals over their last six or seven games together? You know what I mean? Like stick on a pig. <laughs> yeah, they just haven't been good. So, um, you know, I might be more inclined to take some one-offs. Like, I think Tyler Toffoli definitely does make sense as a one-off. Um, he's the guy that's been shooting quite a bit on the power play. I just don't know if I would necessarily full stack. And it's the same thing with the second line. Um, Kadri Mangiapane, um, and Dylan Dubé, like I said, they have been generating quite a bit. Kadri, you know, he's at five, three shots per game pretty consistently. Um, they have been scoring. So... I think, you know, that's another second line that's going to come in, you know, way above um, their top two percentage based on our top stacks tool. But I think, you know, just one-offing Majapani uh, for cheap is fine. One-offing Kadri is fine. You know, two-manning the two of them is perfectly fine. I think it's a situation where, um, you know, both second lines definitely in play for me here tonight. I, I honestly like the Montreal top line the most in this game um, of – you know, of all the line combinations, but I think realistically it'll be those secondary lines that I might look to uh, just to get some cheap stacks in with more expensive uh, stacks elsewhere on the slate. Yep. I don't have too much more to add there. So let's move to the blue line. I think Rasmus Anderson's probably my favorite play on the blue line in this game. I think Hannafin is also fine. He just keeps on doing the thing. He's only $100 cheaper than Rasmus Anderson, though, so I'd rather probably just find the 100 For Anderson, Wegar is a game-time decision tonight, not that he is DFS relevant anymore. Um, if he is out, though, like I, th- I think we see a bump for you know Zadaroff, who's 2,800, maybe even a little bit of Tanev bump at 3,300, so we'll wait and see there. On the Montreal side, outside of Jonathan Kovacevic at min-price, or maybe my brother Jordan, Harris, uh, probably not too much there. Yeah, we are 3,500. It's like, how cheap can he get before I'm really, really tempted to play him? And it's like 3,500 is pretty close. Like, if he's in, I would consider him. Um, but yeah, I think Rasmus Anderson would be the guy here. He's just been playing way too many minutes, um, you know, to look elsewhere. Like, Hannafin's fine. I, like, I wouldn't say, you know, Hannafin's a bad player or anything like that, but where him and Anderson are relatively the same price, you know, you might get like five extra minutes plus power play, top power play time from Anderson. Um, I think that's the direction I would go. Caden Gooley is a guy that um, kind of stuck out to me. Um, yeah, Caden Gooley. Um, without Matheson in the last game, I think. Uh, him and Edmondson led the way in ice time. I think Gooley was up at like 22 or 23 minutes. Not like he's a, a high-end defenseman or anything like that, but if I can get 23 minutes from a defenseman in a home matchup for 3,300 on DraftKings, I think that's perfectly playable. Yep. So let's move on to the next one. The New Jersey Devils with a three total heading into New York. The Rangers also have a three total. Vitek Vanacek, Igor Shesterkin are probable. Rangers going back with their stupid, stupid stupid lines your poop mouth ron uh devils also running back the same lines here i'm having an issue with this game i don't really want to full stack any of the rangers lines going into these devils lines that are just good defensively on the flip side the devils are getting pretty good ownership here but like 
Igor is looking like he has like a light bulb went off or something. He's looking pretty good here. I don't know if I'm going to get too much from this game in one to three, but I think, you know, MME, the more lineups you get to, the more, I think I'd probably be more on the devil side here. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much of that Lafreniere's Zabanjad Kako line I actually want to get. Like, if if you if you look at our lineup builder um, for us stochastic subscribers, um, as you mentioned the last time we brought this up, um, you can check uh, lines total, uh, combined projection, each player's individual combined projection, ownership price, all that stuff. <laughs> the top line is projecting for fewer points than both the second and third line. <laughs> It's because Kako and Lafreniere play like 12 minutes. Like, yeah, if you're going to come up with Zibanejan, play the, the kids 16, yeah, 17 minutes. That's that's the problem, right? Is I, I, I was looking at the ice time since they uh, moved to these new line combinations. And, yeah, Lafreniere and Kako are playing 14 minutes a game. Um, it's really not a lot. Um, you know, the Devils are a great defensive team. We saw, we saw what can happen in any given game. Um, they gave up uh, six goals uh, against the Islanders. I think that was on Friday night. Um, so the Rangers absolutely can get there, but like, I'm not sure if I'm full stacking that top line. It's like, what are the chances of Banjai Lafreniere and Kako, um, end up, um, you know, the monster scores. If, if the Rangers, you know, put up like five goals here tonight, what are the chances? Like that's the, you know, high scoring trio. Um, you know, our top stacks tool doesn't have a very high, um, 2.8%, uh, for that top, for that top line by top stacks. Um, I don't, I think that's outside the top 12 lines on a slate where there's only um, 12 teams. So kind of goes to show, um, you know, just how much, you know, those wingers being off the power play from Zivanejad and only playing 14 minutes kind of hurts. Um, I was looking at some numbers, uh, scoring chance numbers earlier today, um, Lafreniere has actually been pretty, pretty good at generating scoring chances this year. Uh, the problem is his line mates haven't been able to finish them, which you look at Vincent Trocek shooting under. He played a lot with Trocek um, before the recent line combination move. Um, you know, Trocek shooting under 6% at 5.5 this year. Um, you know, Kako's obviously had his own uh, scoring struggles. So, there's you know, there are, re- there are reasons why Lafreniere is not putting up a lot of points. I Like, I'm not... I'm not full stacking the Rangers one. Like if, if people want to do like a two man, like Zibanejad, Lafreniere, maybe Zibanejad goes off on the power play. Lafreniere gets a goal and everybody's well, but I like seeing the chances of that line being like right at the top. It just, I don't think so. Um, especially where I'm assuming they're going to go up against the Hisher line. We really don't have that much of a sample with these line combinations and the Rangers at home, but like that would be a brutal matchup for them. Um, the Rangers' second line is kind of interesting. Panarin and Heedle, they typically don't have great expected goals numbers, but they do typically have good actual goals numbers. Um, and dances. It's like, yeah. that, it's like that conundrum. I forget what line you're saying. Like he either makes a play and they score, or he turns it over and it goes the other way. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much how they play. Um and again, that's another line where you're only going to get one guy on the top power play unit, and they are coming in with the most ownership of the three Rangers lines. But Hedo and Panarin have typically been pretty good offensively together, so I don't even mind like a two-man of Panarin and Hedo here. And I think if you want to do some sort of broken stack like Zibanejad, Panarin, and Hedo, uh, you know, go double center, get two guys on the power play unit, that type of thing, I think that that might be a direction to go for the Rangers. But again, I think this is a situation where I might even drop down to that Kreider third line. 
quote third line. Um, Kreider, Trocek, and VC. Um, you get Kreider and Trocek on the top power play unit. We'll see how they actually run the lines, but there's a chance like you go out against the New Jersey bottom six, which is still good, but certainly not as potent um, as the New Jersey top six. So I think it might be back to Kreider and Trocek, but honestly, if anything, it, it, it might be just doing some sort of a broken stack. Like I said, like, like a Heedles, Banjad, Panarin, um, you know, it's a Banjad, uh, Trocek, Kreider, something like that. Get the guys from the power play um, in that stack. Because like you said, um, the third wheels, the Godros and the VCs and the Lafreniers and the Kakos and all that just don't get a lot of ice time. So I wouldn't want to have more than one of those third wheels in my lineup. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I am on the Rangers. On the Devils side, it's kind of weird what's going on here because that Hughes-Mercer line is actually generating less than in the Hishier-Bratt line, but the Hughes-Mercer line is scoring a lot more. Now they're shooting 16%, and that will regress you know, down to like 11% or 10% or, or whatever over the long term. Um, but they are scoring. Now the issue here for me is that Mercer's really not shooting a lot. He has eight shots in his last five games. Um, Hughes has seen both an ice time and shot drop um, of late. I think he's at like 3.7 shots per game over his last 10 or something close to that. I'd have to go double check. Um, but he's been shooting a lot less than he was earlier in this year, but they are producing. So it's kind of that little conundrum of like, do you bet on this hot streak keep going? Or do you think they're running too hot and we'll start regressing here soon? Like, I think I would rather just go back to um, the devil's top line, um, his year, Brat and Tatar. I know that they've been playing well. They're still scoring um, three and a half goals per 60 minutes in their last 70 minutes together, just not as much um, as the Hughes line. Um, the problem is Brat's really not shooting a lot either. 20 shots in his last 10 games. His year has 18 in his last five alone. So I, I think this is a case where you – can leave Jesper Bratt off and do something like you would on the Rangers side and do a double center like Hischer, Hughes, uh, Mercer, um, Hischer, Hughes, Tatar, um, something like that. I think uh, doing a devil's double center might be the best approach here because, at, you know, it's getting to the point where Jesper Bratt absolutely needs, um, you know, a complete fluke, like a hat trick on three shots or a three point game to really have a lot of DFS value. So um, it would be some sort of, um, I think on both sides here, it's double center stacks that I like the best, get the guys that are actually, um, you know, playing the minutes, um, getting that power play time. If there's one area where Igor's really struggled this year, it has been on the penalty kill. So I think that lends itself even more to the, you know, devil's power play guys. I'm not going to say don't play Jesper Bratt. Like, I think he's perfectly acceptable to play. I think it's just the two centers that I would kind of lean on more here uh, than anything else. So I, I, I think it's, you know, don't get too many of the third wheels from the Rangers um, if you're going to play them. And on the devil's side, I think a double center stack of the top two guys is probably the direction to go and then add in, you know, the winner of your choice. Yeah, I agree with that take on the Ranger side. Like, I just, these lines are just brutal for DFS. Like, the top line is fine. Like, Lafreniere's actually look pretty good up there. Kakos look pretty good up there. The problem is they just don't play. Same minutes as Zabanajan. So, what can you do? Let's move to the blue line. Dougie Hamilton, I think, is fine at 6,300. Like, I don't love anything from this game. I like a lot, don't love it. 
Ryan Graves, I think, is fine at 3,300. On the Rangers side, like, Fox is fine again, but, like, not the best matchup. Like, I'd rather spend elsewhere. Callender Miller would probably be the punt for me. Like, if you want to go to Truba, that's fine. But I think, you know, Callender Miller has been playing 22, 23 minutes in his peripherals. Have started to creep up throughout the season. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I, I think Truba's just fine to use. He's Truba's not playing as much as he was, but like back in October or whatever, but he's still putting up um, some pretty reasonable um, uh, peripherals. Like, I think he's at like 27 shots over his last 10 games with two or three DK shot bonuses in there. Like, he's still shooting, he's still blocking. Um, it's just he's not playing as many minutes. So, it's a little bit of a concern. I don't mind this spot for Dougie Hamilton either. Um, I know he's not putting up a lot of shot blocks, but, um, you know, it's not like the Rangers are, are well, it's not like you can expect a ton of shots when you're the New Jersey Devils and you limit uh, as much as you do. And like I said, I think if there's one weakness for Igor, at least this season, it's been on the penalty kill. Um, Dougie obviously eats all those top PP minutes. So um, I think Dougie makes a nice pivot if you don't want to pay up for, all the way for Roman Yossi, a guy we'll talk about a little bit later. Yep, I agree there. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a deal where you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. The most important thing here is click the link in the description. It's the top one, I believe. You'll see BetMGM risk-free. Click the link. Follow the steps. You'll get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, a risk-free bet up to $1,000. It's very easy to sign up. All you got to do is have a Stochastic membership, which you can create for free. If you don't have one, you create a BetMGM account, which is easy. It takes a couple steps. You make your first paid bet. It settles. You'll receive an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is an unbelievable deal. Uh, and if you lose the bet, you'll get it in site credit. So it's it's risk-free. There's no strings attached. The biggest thing is click that link in the description, follow the steps, and go from there. Dallas Stars, 3.1 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.3 total. Jake Ottinger is confirmed. Tristan Jari, probable. Looks like Jeff Petrie going to be out tonight. Um for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Attention car shoppers, right now at South Carolina Federal Credit Union, you can get a new or used auto loan and pay nothing until 2024 and no payments for 90 days means nothing out of pocket going into the new year. Plus, we have flexible rates and terms so you could make the best financial choice for you. Learn more at scfederal.org slash auto loans. That's scfederal.org slash auto loans. Certain restrictions apply. Existing South Carolina Federal Credit loans are excluded. Crystal Tang taking over that top power play unit. This is an interesting game here. Uh, the Stars have top line has still been very good offensively, but they have started to trade a bit more chances here. So that does bring some pit one into play for me. I think both top lines are in play for me. I also am kind of interested 
with Dennis Gurionov on that third line. Now I don't say like go all in here on Dallas three, but if you do need a a filler type line, don't really mind the Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Ben, Dennis Gurionov line. I'm interested to hear what you're going to do with these top lines because. I have an idea, but I'm like I'm kind of stumped a little bit here. Yeah, um, trading chances is definitely one way to put it. Um, that's kind of the way we described uh, the Calgary second line. It's been kind of the same for the Dallas top line lately. Their last 110 minutes together works out to be about nine games. Um, 2.8 expected goals for, three expected goals against, 3.6 actual goals for, 3.4 actual goals against. So basically even by goals for and against over their last nine games, which is not something this team, this that line did in their first, you know, 20 games or whatever it was. Um, they're also shooting just 10.4%, which is actually a reasonable shooting percentage for a line. Like they were uh, running a little bit hot earlier in the year. And on the flip side, the Pittsburgh top line's kind of doing the same thing, just to a more extreme degree. Um, their last 120 minutes, uh, which would be about 10 games worth, 4.1 expected goals for 2.9 um, expected goals against. Uh, they are being saved by very good goaltending of late, um, but they are allowing um, a lot uh, on the defensive end. So I think this is a good spot for both top lines, which kind of makes sense when you look at our top stacks tool. Um, they're coming in uh, relatively similar top stack percentage. Um, Dallas higher than Pittsburgh, I think. A lot of that has to do with the power plays. Um, Pittsburgh has generally been pretty bad this year, while Dallas has generally been <laughs> unbelievable. So I, I think that you know that top stack percentage makes sense. But they're also coming in with very very similar ownership. They are very similarly priced, um, at least uh, over on DraftKings, um, over on FanDuel. There's a couple thousand dollars difference, so um, maybe a little bit uh, more of a decision there. But yeah, both top lines uh, certainly in play here. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh penalty kill has been improving a lot. I, I just, I worry about the goaltending because a lot of it has been really good goaltending. 961 save percentage on the penalty kill over their last three weeks. That is absolutely absurd. Obviously that's going to regress heavily. It can regress all one game against here against Dallas. Um, you know, uh, but Pittsburgh doesn't give up a lot of power plays, 3.2 per game, which is below league average. Um, like I said, the penalty kill has been good for about, four, you know, pretty good for about four weeks now. Um, not allowing a lot of shots, but, you know, the goaltending has been unreal on top of that. Um, if there's any power play that can absolutely shred anyone apart, though, it's, it's, it's Dallas here. What's nice about the Pittsburgh top, uh, top line is Ricardo Raquel being on the top power play now. Their last couple games, I've watched the the Penguins' last two games. It was the one against Buffalo, or both against Buffalo, um, I think. Um, now, whether it was just Buffalo and their bad penalty kill or Pittsburgh's power play actually turned around, it seemed like Pittsburgh's power play has been playing was, – was playing a lot better with Ricard Raquel there, and the numbers kind of bear that out. Like, they're generating more shot attempts, more shots on goal, et cetera, uh, on the power play, more goals. Um so I'm kind of leaning towards pit one here uh, just because Dallas, you know, they do take their fair share um, of penalties um, 3.7 times shorthanded per game. That's uh, about uh, that's sixth in the NHL, just behind the Calgary team we just talked about. So maybe uh, uh, an improved Pittsburgh power play with Ricard Raquel there would be the direct, if I'm picking either one or the other, 
it would be uh, the home team and pit one, but obviously both lines perfectly in play here. The second line is the second line matchups are what's kind of interesting to me here because they moved Ty Delandria up alongside Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchment. Now Sagan and Marchment have actually been pretty good together, um, especially over the last month. They're just not scoring a lot because they're shooting 3.4% over their last 10 games together, which, yeah, that's going to regress positively. But again, I was looking at some scoring chance generation numbers so far this season. Now, Delandria's sample isn't very big. I think it's only like 80 minutes. Um, But he's been really, really good um, by uh, scoring chance generation so far this season. I'm just uh, trying to look it up. Real quick here, he's been roughly as good. Um, sorry, he's been roughly as good as Evgeny Malkin um, by scoring chance generated per 60 minutes um, at five on five. You know, ahead of names like Bo Horvat, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Jeff Skinner. Um, he's been really, really good. So, if he can really help Sagan turn around his offensive game, I think that could be a pretty good second line for Dallas. They're not coming in with that much ownership per top stacks tool um, coming at about 2% own. I don't know if I would full stack them, but I think this might be a nice pivot other than the high owned Montreal and Calgary second lines that we talk about um, is going to, you know, a Sagan and Marchment, Sagan and Delandria, or even Marchment and Delandria, something like that. Um, Pittsburgh's second line, their defensive numbers have been better of late, but I've been up and down this season. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind Dallas too. as like a, a cheap two man stack here. So, I know you like Gurianov. I'm going to let you get your Gurianov takes off. But for me in this game, it's probably Pittsburgh 1, get that full power play correlation. Or uh, if you look for something cheap, dip down to Dallas 2 and get a little two-man from there. Yeah, I don't mind Dallas 2 at all. I just, you know, the third line, you get Jamie Benn, who's on the top power play as well. You get Wyatt Johnson, 3,300. Bryce, they're coming in similar ownership as the second line. They're fine. Uh, for me, it's probably the top lines. Jason Robertson, the second most expensive slate behind McDavid, which is well deserved from the season he's had, but you know, does make Dallas almost twenty-two thousand on DraftKings on the road. So that's you know gives you some food for thought. Let's move to the blue line here. Uh, Miro Haskin in fifty-six hundred. I think that's a fine price. Chris Letang, fifty-two hundred now on DraftKings. He's cheaper than that on FanDuel, I believe. Um, taking over the top power play there. So I think Latang Haskin in, in play in terms of punts, like just not much there besides Essel and Dell. If you want to play Niels Lundqvist, I think that's fine. But on the Pittsburgh side, they're just, you know, Pierre Olivier Joseph at 2,700, but um, that's not exciting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Latang, I think he's 4,400 on FanDuel. Um, that's, you know, just at a absurd price. Like obviously he's very much in play on FanDuel. Um, on the Dallas side, it is Essa Lindell. I kind of like, like he's he's a guy that, you know, can get go get you the shot block bonus and an assist and then just have himself a really good night. He has been putting up some good blocks as late of late, as has Ryan Suter. Um, not that I'd necessarily play Suter, but, um, you know, maybe you want to throw in a defenseman with a Dallas two stack or something like that. Get that power play uh, correlation because they do get that second unit does get a fair amount uh, of power play minutes uh, in some games. So. There are some cheap guys on the Dallas side I like, not so much on the Pittsburgh side. Um, even with Jeff Petrie out, um, Marcus Pedersen still 4,100. 
I think that's a little bit too expensive for him. So, like, I'm with you. I think if I'm playing anybody from Pittsburgh, it's Crystal Tang or else just move along. Yep, agreed. Let's move on to the people's main event, it seems like, tonight. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.7 total. Heading into Ottawa, the Senators have a 3.8 total. Alex DeBrincat didn't skate this morning. He is a game-time decision. If he is out, I would imagine Claude Giroux takes over the power play one spot there, which would fully correlate the top line. It is Wade Redden. Jersey celebration night in Ottawa. Rangers legend, Wade Redden, by the way. Um, man, was he bad with the Rangers. Whew. Uh, I forget who skated in Debrinkat's spot this morning, but it wasn't Debrinkat. No, it was Dylan, Dylan Gambrell. Yeah, Dylan Gambrell. That's just a scene and a half. If Debrinkat's out, like it's, it's most definitely going to be Giroux, which fully correlates the line. And yeah, like that's a that's a fun line here, but like I feel like if Debrinkat out, the ownership that was on the second line is going to go whoop and just jump onto the top line here, and you could be seeing twenty percent plus on Ottawa one, which is fine because the Ducks are awful defensively. They get Klingberg back, which arguably hurts the blue line <laughs> defensively, <laughs> and their penalty kills trash. So yeah. Ottawa top line, Ottawa top, uh, power play is fine for me. I think, you know, the Ducks top line coming in under 10% here is perfectly fine. They're fully correlated as well. They're a little expensive, but, you know, Ottawa's not a, off, a defensive juggernaut either. Cam Tablet has been shaky. So, I don't know. I, I like both top lines here. Yeah, uh, both top lines certainly in play. I mean, um, that Anaheim top line, 3.3 expected goals over their last 100 minutes. That's something I look for just to see if lines on bad teams that have good stretches kind of fall off. Um, the goal scoring isn't hasn't been super great, but they're only shooting 7.6%. It might just be one of those little lulls for them, but they are generating a lot. Um, you know, the Ottawa top line uh, um, has been shaky defensively at times, a little bit below average of late. And, you know, you mentioned how bad um, – that penalty kill has been for the Ducks, and it certainly has been uh, bad for the Ducks um, this season in general. Just you know, over their last um, couple weeks, eleven point six goals against, save percentage under eight hundred, um, just not great. Um, the Ottawa power play, as, as we mentioned um, in our last show, is kind of the one area that's been you know keeping any sort of fantasy. Um, offensive relevance alive for them. Um, it has been a really good top power play unit uh, for Ottawa. So if the Brinkat's out, you're right. I think that Ottawa top line could push 20% ownership and it, it is a really good spot for them. Um, it doesn't matter whether it matched up against the first line or the second line. Neither are very good defensively for the Ducks. So I, yeah, I, I really do like Ottawa one here. Um, I, again, it's just kind of an ownership thing. Um, but you know, there's ways to dilute that ownership. Like if you want to take out, um, like Brady Kachuk and put in Drake Batherson or something like that. Although I'd probably leave Kachuk in the stack. Um, you'll take Giroux, put in Batherson, add Thomas Shabbat, something like that. There are, there are ways to kind of dilute that ownership, that concern a little bit. I, it is a really good spot for Ottawa, Ottawa's top line here. I don't know if I dip down to the second line, even if the Brinkat's in, um, their own shooting percentage has been really, really struggling, struggling, struggling of late. Just like I struggle to stay to say struggle. Um, the Brinkhead himself hasn't really been shooting a ton lately. 
Um, 14 shots in his last five games. That's not really that great for him. Um, you know, Shane Pinto, I, I think he has like three goals in his last 20 games or something like that after that really hot start. So um, I, with all that ownership on Ottawa too, I think it's a pretty easy pass on them. Even if the Brinkat's back, it is about Ottawa one, their top line, good matchup here. The interesting thing is what to do with Anaheim here because um, they don't draw a lot of power plays, but uh, Ottawa does take a lot of penalties. Um, they're also at 3.7 times shorthanded, just like the Dallas team we just talked about. Um, the Anaheim top power play unit, 79 shots per 60 minutes, which is pretty good for a power play. 14.8 um, goals, uh, this current power play unit as it's constructed. Um, that's really good and can take advantage against Ottawa goaltending that has been really shaky and a penalty kill that's not been very good um, for the Sens. Um, so I, 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 I think considering the ownership and price, I might go to Anaheim's top line instead, but I think it's pretty clear that the Ottawa top line is the best line in this game overall. And I th think there should be interest in, in both top lines here. Nothing from the Anaheim depth for me. I like, I was looking at the defensive numbers for Strom and Petrano. Just bad. Just Their bad. last 100 minutes together, 4.9 expected goals against. I don't know why they keep leaving them together. It seems they, it seems like um, they break up every game, like halfway through the second period, and then they're back together for the next game. Like, we won't know what Anaheim's lines are going to look like till warm-ups, but, yeah, nothing from the Anaheim. Like, I think the only thing I might take from the Anaheim depth, other than Mason McTavish because he's on the power play, obviously, is like a Frank Vitrano one-off because he actually does shoot the puck, so he can get there. He can score for you, but that's about it. Yeah, Mason McTavish is the only one I'd really go to in the depth. I, I, you know, I've watched enough Strom Vitrano with the Rangers to know that uh, they're going to be in their own zone a fair bit. Smooth at the blue line. Klingberg is back, but he's not taking over the top power play spot. Cam Fowler still there at 4,600. I think that's a fine price. Klingberg doesn't really do anything for me at 3,900. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Shattenkirk maybe is fine at 3,800, but like, eh, just can't Fowler. Chabot, 5,800, very good price, very good spot. Me likey. Um, Travis Hamanick, who like almost got decapitated by his own teammate. It was It was Chabot, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Chabot almost killed him on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's fine at 3,200. Uh, Branstrom in price on the second power play unit. Yeah. Um, what bothers me about Fowler is like it's all points that he, that he needs. He has one shot bonus and three block bonuses on DraftKings this year, which only having three block bonuses for a team that gives up like 38 shots a game <laughs> for a guy that plays like 26 minutes a night, like he has to be really dodging the shots to get out of the way. Um so, like, I think the thing with Fowler is, like, I would probably use – I'd be more inclined to use him if correlating with the top line, right? Because if he needs points um, to get fantasy value, it's probably going to come from the top line because they're the only ones that score and or on the power play. So, you'd probably want the forwards in there with him. Um, 
The other guy I'll mention for Anaheim is Simon Benoit. Um, he's been playing like 19, 20 minutes of late. Uh, he's been putting up some pretty good block numbers as well. Um, if you need a stone men punt on DraftKings tonight, I think that's one direction to go. Yeah, I don't mind that call there. And we have like 150 you in chat, and not all of you are stochastic NHL subscribers. So we can get you a three-day free trial of NHL. It's risk-free. What you got to do is, and this is the most important part, click the link in the description below and you get full access to everything NHL. Projections, ownership, top stacks tool, rankings. And the most important part for me anyway, is you get into our Discord. You get all those line combination news, breaking news if we need to, you know, people are out. You get all of the brilliant minds in there myself included, Cliffy included. There's a whole bunch of sharks in there. Uh, it is very good. So if you're on the fence about it, click the link in the description, get your three days for free, give it a test drive, and let's rock and roll. There's my dad joke for you. <sighs> Two games left, a little over 10 minutes. Let's get to it. National Predators, 3.3 total. Heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.1 total. Uh, they went, they played yesterday with Bennington and Net, so it's probably going to be Tomas Greasefire in the net for the Blues. UC Saros, probable. Nashville never does anything. We, we don't even know if they have beat riders anymore. They didn't have lines in the skate. Who knows? Not like there's anything that I want to full stack on the predator side like i guess if forsberg granlin duchene is a thing again like maybe but they've been when they've been together this season they haven't been great that being said the blues are just an absolute circus so like maybe if they're together and we, we get like 7 30 p.m eastern when they hit you know skate and they're together maybe you know i'll i'll take a couple stabs there like blues like I guess you go back to Kyrie Thomas Tarasenko. Like, eventually it's got to work, right? Inhale that copium. But, like, I don't know. This game sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, I was actually – I was looking at, like, the season's offensive numbers, and I noticed that Nashville was 29th um, in goals uh, per 60 minutes at all strengths so far this year. Obviously, that's bad. They're just ahead of Anaheim, just behind Arizona. Then I looked at their <laughs> – at their individual games. They've scored more than five goals in, in one game this season. And guess who it was against? Oh, no. The St. Louis Blues. <laughs> so, like, obviously you can't always look at prior, to prior games. I just thought that was pretty funny. If Jordan Bennington was in net, I would probably have some more interest in Nashville. But Thomas Grice is in net, and I he's been better. I mean, there's just kind of no way around it. Like, um, Bennington's just having himself a pretty bad season. Um, not like Thomas Grice is elite um, or anything sitting with an 899 save percentage. Um, it's better than Bennington's. Uh, so like, um, I, I, I guess the Nashville top line is fine here. I think they're going to go back to Forsberg, Granlin and Duchesne. Um, you know, they've had those for, they had that last game um, against Ottawa played it the whole game through, um, you know, they are reasonably priced. Uh, on DraftKings tonight, uh, coming in at 16,500. Ownership's under 10% for a six-game slate. Like, that's just fine. And like we, we've mentioned a couple times now about the Blues, once they put Braden Shen on that top line, it gives them two bad top defensive lines in the top six. 
Shannon Ryan O'Reilly this year, 115 minutes together, 2.9 expected goals against. Um, that's not good. That's well below league average. Um, I think league average is sitting around 2.6 this year. Um, five actual goals against, 855 save percentage behind them. So um, they have really been struggling defensively. Um, Josh Levo's been a nice addition to that top line. But um, I don't think you can rely on him to just, you know, kind of turn the tie completely on defense. And the St. Louis second line with Kairou there, three expected goals against per 60 minutes, like almost, like just about as bad as the top line. Like it's a pretty bad defensive top six for St. Louis. Just that Nashville has a lot of trouble generating. That top line is only scoring 2.7 goals per 60 minutes this year, which is better than the Flames. <laughs> a lot better than the Flames top line. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, and they all will be on the power play. Um, think i think nashville's top line is fine i guess um considering the price and the ownership uh considering the matchup honestly i would probably just go to st louis too um kairu tarasenko buchnevich i know they're coming in a little bit over owned um but they all skate together um on the on the power play as well um, i was looking at some scoring chance numbers earlier kairu i think is top 10 in scoring chance generation for himself and his teammates this season robert thomas is obviously a, a great playmaker i'm not worried about the matchups against the second and third line from the preds like sissons and nino niederreiter do have decent numbers together uh, in a small sample i just wonder how long that can last uh, especially with the nashville defense pretty banged up right um um Ryan McDonough's out, Alexander Carrier's out, and I think they have one more guy missing. Like, they're calling up two AHL guys for this game on top of Jordan Gross, who's already there. So the Nashville blue line's pretty banged up. I think going back to St. Going to St. Louis, too, um, is my preferred play here, but I think Nashville 1 is also playable. God. Yeah, and you got to consider him because it's a six-game slate, not a 14-game slate where you could just X him out. Yeah. Here's the blue line, Roman Yossi, 8,800. I think this is, you know, if you want to play Yossi, you play Yossi. Like, there's nothing else to say about Yossi. He's the guy on the blue line. If you get him in, you get him in. If you don't, you don't. Matias Ackholm's all right at 3,400. On the blue side, Colton Pareko, I guess. But, like, you can correlate with Krug. You can correlate with Falk. But nothing truly exciting on the blue side. Yeah, nothing for me from St. Louis. Justin Falk, his shots have really really fallen off he only has 20 shots in his last 10 games that's not good enough to pay uh his price clearly it's roman yossi i like the best here another stone main guy to use might be dante fabro um he played a lot of minutes i'm serious he played a lot of minutes in the last game uh for nashville with all the injuries on the blue line and he has good peripherals just doesn't play a lot if he can play like 20 or 21 minutes i think he's more than worth it uh, for a stone man guy. Yeah, I'm not laughing at you saying that. I just know now because you did that. Matt Niehaus, our boy, gonna have Dante Fabro. Absolutely gonna have Fabro. Hundred percent. Like if there's any lock, it's that Dante Fabro is gonna be in his lineup tonight. Hundred yeah. percent, without a doubt. We love you, but we know you. You're very predictable, Dante Fabro, in his lineup. Let's get to the last game of the night: Edmonton Oilers with a 3.2 total. Heading into Minnesota, the Wild have a 3.4 total. Stewie Skinner, Mark Andre Fleury confirmed. Okay, here's the thing. Right? 
Oh, <laughs> McDavid's a double-edged sword here because this is one of the worst matchups he's going to have all season going yeah. into the checking line of Joel Erickson Greenway, Felino. Now, right, that's going to lower his ownership. Now, here's the bad part, like, or maybe the good part if you play him. McDavid, Dreisaitl, you're going to be on the ice for 25, 26 minutes, whatever it is, something ridiculous. They're not like Joel Erickson Heck is not going to play 26 minutes tonight. That being said, McDavid is matchup proof. They can just take over a game. Minnesota Wild's penalty kill isn't great. So, like, as much as I want to be like, oh, this is a great time to fade McDavid, this might be a better time to play McDavid is because he's coming in at lower ownership. So, I think I really like both top lines here. Yeah, um, that McDavid top line's coming in with just ridiculous leverage um, because of their price. Nobody like it's really hard to fit all three of them. Um, I think they're literally half, they're just about half the cap on DraftKings, um, more than half the cap on FanDuel, which is why it's so tough. Um, they have been pretty good 3.9 goals for um, per 60 minutes this year. Um, the power play has obviously been great. Uh, that's where they do a lot of their damage. And you're right. The Minnesota penalty kill um, has been on a little bit of a slide of late. So could be a sneaky good power play spot for the Oilers. Um, it, it is just a really, really tough five on five matchup. I was looking at um, that Erickson X lines numbers. They don't have a lot of time together because Greenway was hurt and Felino was hurt and et cetera, et cetera. But 1.2 expected goals against in their 60 minutes together this year. Exactly. Like they're just absolutely brutal defensively. Um, people are going to have a decision to make on what to do with the Oilers. I, I think it might be a case where you could even one off some of the guys because the ownership's not going to be that bad on them, right? Like I don't want to one off Connor McDavid when he's going to be like 26% at home. Uh, against Anaheim on a six-game slate. But if he's going to be like 10 to 12% on the road in Minnesota, I think one-offing him would be fine. But I, it is – like if you're playing 20 lineups or 50 lineups or something, you're getting Edmonton in some of those lineups. It's just what you do if you're playing like one to three uh, like we tend to do. Um, I th It's perfectly fine to use Edmonton one here because I think they can get there on the power play. And it's not like there are – like aside like aside from – the uh, Ottawa top line, there aren't like really that many smash spots, especially when you consider how bad the Calgary top line has been this year, right? Like there's no, like the Ottawa top lines in a, yeah, it's in a great dunk spot. Everything else is, is kind of iffy to me. So I think it is a good time uh, to go to that Edmonton top line. You certainly don't have to play them um, at their prices. Uh, you can just move along, especially where it's such a tough, such a tough matchup on five and five, but I, I do like, um, the all the levers that we can get on Edmonton here. Um, I agree with you on the Minnesota side. Uh, the Edmonton penalty kill, not very good. They do take a lot of penalties. They're at near four times shorthanded per game this season, and the Minnesota power play remains very, very good. So, you know, considering the price and all, considering price and projections, I do like the Minnesota top line a little bit better. Um, but that ownership on Edmonton is really making this a difficult decision for me. Yeah. And that's the decision you're going to have to make on your own, because if I don't have the answer for me, how am I supposed to answer it for you? I feel like that was a, I don't even know what I quoted there, but anyway, 12 goalies tonight. Who are you liking in that? I think this is a cheap goalie night for me. Um, Igor is pretty reasonable. Probably play, uh, look at playing him. Even John Gibson's pretty reasonable. We talked about um, his 
um, upside if he doesn't, you know, allow four goals or five goals or something like that. Um, you know, if you want to pay up, I think Tristan Jari's the guy, which kind of feels bad going up against Dallas, but um, I think he would be like the expensive option. I'll mention um, whoever starts for Ottawa on FanDuel will probably be pretty cheap. So um, just look for Ottawa goaltenders on FanDuel, I think. Yeah, I'll add in Jake Ottinger at 7,400. I think this is a winnable game for the Stars, though. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who are you liking as your hat trick pick? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna probably go with the smash spot and uh, go with a guy that I think has been playing a lot better over the last six weeks and go with Tim Stutzla. It's a good pick. I am going Nazim Kadri to go along with my big dog plus money prop of the night. Him scoring a point on the power play. All right, I like it. So for Cliffy, I am Joshua. We will be back tomorrow, I believe. I haven't really looked at the schedule. Tuesday, we're usually here. Uh, Make sure to click that link in the description to get that BetMGM promo and the three-day free trial you can get into our Discord. But good luck, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.